Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Aiden shared a look with Bradford and Kendrick as they sneered. Me? He repeated. You want me, Aiden Saltwater, to teach you math? Are you out of your mind? He looked at Bradford and Kendrick again, surprised. Couldn't you find any smart girl in our class to teach you? He really couldn't believe it. I looked scared and humble, but deep down I was cackling like an evil wizard. You are the brightest and best student in math class that I know of. You also have a special way of explaining things to people and no one can do it like you. I said in a very calm, sweet way. He blushed for a second, then quickly changed his facial expression to one of disgust once he noticed that his friends were looking at him. Well, um... He was scratching his head. My sweet talk was working. Let's see if we can start on... He was about to agree when Bradford interrupted him. Aiden will not be teaching you anything. Get out of here, will you? He said in his British tongue, the accent that he used to deceive all the girls on campus. Jerk. As they tried to drive off, I stepped in front of Aiden's car. Aiden looked perplexed. I've already had this discussion with Mr. Orson, our math teacher. If I don't score A's on all my math papers this semester, you'll fail all of yours, you selfish human. And with that, I started walking off. I could already smell defeat, even though I was backing them. Wait! Aiden said. Bradford was shooting me a very intimidating look. I almost peed my pants, but then Aiden continued. Meet me at home tomorrow by 7 p.m. Don't be late. And then they sped off. Bradford made sure to splash a little bit of dirty water from a puddle on me as he drove off. Jerk. My plan was in motion. I was attractive, so I knew that it wouldn't take too long to get Aiden to become totally smitten with me. Then Bradford, the jerk. And finally, Kendrick. Those dudes didn't even know what was coming. You mess with my best friend, you mess with me. Hello, my name is Wicker. Till this day, I haven't figured out why my parents gave me that name. But if you believe that you're going to give your children reasonable names, then quickly hit the like and subscribe button so we can go on with the story. I'm about to tell you just how I made the three hottest guys in my university fight over me. And maybe you'll be able to learn a thing or two from me. But only if you hit those buttons. Last week, Jordan ran into my room looking like an absolute mess. This meant something was really wrong because Jordan always looked charming and put together no matter what. Jay, what's wrong? I asked, scared. You were right. It was just a game. They were just playing with me, Wicker. 
Why didn't I listen to you? She cried badly. I knew what she was talking about immediately. The three hottest guys in our university had been asking Jordan out at the same time. I knew that this wasn't a normal thing for a group of friends to do at once, unless it was a bet. I told Jordan this, but she refused to believe me. Why are you being jealous, Wicker? Why can't you support me for once in your life? She screamed. What? What do you mean? I always support you. I'm just trying to tell you to look at this from a different point of view. Do you think it's normal for these three guys with a reputation to ask you out at the same time? She shook her head and told me that instead of bringing negative stuff up all the time, I should try to look at things from the positive side. She was a hot cake. The three guys that all the girls on campus wanted, wanted her. I tried my best to stop her from getting hurt. I even sabotaged her dates a few times, but she cut me off once she found out. I didn't know what was happening in her life anymore, so I couldn't intervene. These three jerks convinced her to miss her exams and go partying with them instead. They got her to send them pictures which they printed and stuck on all the lockers in school. They also did a few more terrible things to her. Things that I don't even think are appropriate to say out loud. I got so angry that I promised Jordan that I would deal with them. What are you going to do? She asked, her face swollen as a result of consistent crying. Never mind that, Jay. Just relax, I said as I wiped her face and patted her head. I was in front of Aiden's house by 6.50 p.m. I rang the doorbell and he opened it. He was taken aback immediately. It's not yet 7 p.m., you dummy! He screamed as he slammed the door in my face, almost hitting my nose. Wow, what a dumbass. I was going to deal with this one specially, I thought as I stood there quite shaken. Aiden's mother apologized on his behalf and let me in. By 7 p.m., Aiden started teaching me math. I don't think I can count the number of times he called me dummy, even if I count with both my hands and feet. I kept making O's and ah's, even though I already understood everything he was teaching. Maybe even more than him. I just wanted him to feel special, and he did. It took three days of ooing and ahing on my side to get him to start smiling. You're really special, you know, I told him one day. He blushed. You really think so? Of course. I see why girls are all over you in school now. I wish I was one of them. Maybe you'd pay me a little bit more attention. I put my hand over his and he didn't hit it off. He let it stay. He looked straight into my eyes and was about to say something when his mother burst into the room. We quickly detangled our hands from each other, but I think she saw it. The next day, our chemistry teacher asked the class a question, and no one could answer it until Bradford did. Our teacher praised him and told him to sit down. After class, I met Bradford at his desk. What do you want, weirdo? He asked. I stared at him a little bit before saying, I don't know why everyone thinks Aiden is the smartest one amongst you three. I mean, you obviously are. I wish you were my tutor instead of Aiden, I said as I walked away. He called back to me. Well, weirdo, if you want, I could help you out a little bit tonight, but only if you want it, though. Not like I want to teach you or anything. Of course, I'll come. I smiled and tried to walk away when Aiden blocked me. Hey, Wicker, you're coming over tonight, right? Um, nope, I said, leaving him confused. Bradford didn't say anything either and just left him there. Hanging out with Bradford was fun. He was actually quite smart, much smarter than Aiden. He also taught me how to play basketball and football. 
We shortly became friends, but for some reason, I missed Aiden. I told Jordan how I felt, and she surprised me with her reply. Oh no, you can't like Aiden. That wasn't part of your plan. Aiden is mine, and only mine. You're supposed to bring him crawling to me. I never told her about my feelings for Aiden again. I noticed that I had spent too much time with Bradford, and it was time to move on to my new prey, Kendrick. This was going to be fun. Becoming friends with Kendrick was more difficult than the others. He was only interested in partying and drinking, and after following him around for weeks without him paying any attention to me, I decided to challenge him to a drinking match. As you would expect, I passed out after just a few shots, so he had to take me home and call my parents to tell them that I was safe. I woke up the next day to hear some voices in the strange bedroom that I was sleeping in. What the hell is Wicker doing on your bed, Kendrick? What have you done? Did you hurt him? And why are you so concerned, Aiden? What's your business with Wicker, huh? You're not his tutor anymore, so his business is no longer your business. Kendrick, if you hurt that boy in any way, I swear to God, I'll make sure your face meets my fist right away. I could recognize Bradford's sweet British voice wherever I went. You know what's funny? You guys asking me stupid questions about a guy who doesn't care about you. Guess whose bed he's in? Mine! Bradford and Aiden pounced on Kendrick immediately. He said this and they all started fighting. I fell into an unconscious dark hole once again, but with a smile on my face this time because I knew that my work was done. Next thing will be to disappear from their lives forever and treat them like bullshit whenever they try to talk to me before the main embarrassment. I kept going in and out of consciousness, and the next time I woke up, I saw Aiden rubbing my cheek, saying, You'll be fine. I'm here. Nothing will happen to you. I tried my best to avoid these three guys after that incident, but Aiden always found me. One day, he took me out to dinner and confessed his feelings for me. I broke down and told him the truth. I never loved or needed any of them. It was all just a plan for revenge because of what they did to Jordan. He stormed out and didn't contact me for two days, after which he called me and told me that he'd forgiven me for what I did, and that I should please forgive him for what they did to Jordan too. I told him I had already and fell deeper in love with him. He also apologized to Jordan, then we started dating in secret because Jordan was still in love with him. I pondered over inviting him over to meet my parents, but we were so scared about how my parents would react seeing us two guys together. I finally made the decision and told him to come over one night for dinner, and this is when all hell broke loose, but not in the way you'd expect. Everyone accepted us and didn't behave like there was anything wrong with dating a boy, but then my mom kept acting strange. She was so nervous and said that she felt like she knew Aiden from somewhere. About an hour into our dinner, she started crying and said, Oh my god, I remember now, it's you Aiden. It's you, the birthmark, your eyes, your lips, and even the way you talk. She almost fainted, but my dad caught her immediately. After she had taken some water and felt much better, she confessed that she had a child before getting married to my father. She had to give said child up for adoption because she wasn't mentally or financially able to take care of a child at that point in her life. My boyfriend Aiden was that child, she was certain. A DNA test was run the very next day, and it was confirmed. Aiden was really my elder brother. 
The terrible realization that we could no longer be together dawned on us, and as much as it hurt, we had to start avoiding each other. One day, while walking to class, I noticed Aiden and Jordan kissing. My heart almost stopped in my chest, but I just pretended that everything was alright. Jordan saw me grinning and continued kissing Aiden. She hated me now because she found out that I was dating Aiden in secret after she told me not to. She was happy that things turned out the way they did. After class, I was trying to just run home and cry a little bit when Bradford stopped me in my car. Hey, need a ride? Sure, why not? There was this awkward silence in the car for a long time before Bradford finally said, I'm sorry about everything. About what we did to Jordan and how things turned out between you and Aiden, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Me and Jordan have forgiven what you did to her. Now, about what happened between me and Aiden, it's nobody's fault. Still, I'm sorry, he said. I loved his British accent. Um, would you like to go for dinner later today? Bradford asked while scratching his head. I loved the fact that he wasn't cocky and overconfident with me. Instead, he was scared and insecure. Sure, I replied as he dropped me off. By 7pm, Bradford picked me up and took me to a fancy restaurant. He ushered me to a large table and guess who I saw there? Aiden, Jordan and Kendrick. What the hell is this Brad? Just sit down. He signaled to the chair. I see you're having fun with Bradford now. Aiden sneered. I thought he was a bully, wasn't he? Um, how did you say it? Take it easy brother. Or someone would think you were jealous, I said, looking straight at Jordan. I guess it's Bradford's turn to experience hurt and betrayal, Jordan replied. Um, Bradford, if hurt and betrayal are too much for you to handle, I'll be happy to take Wicker off your hands. Jordan rolled her eyes. Somehow, Bradford was able to talk sense into all of us. I apologized to Jordan and she apologized to me. Aiden, Bradford, and Kendrick apologized to Jordan again, and Aiden apologized to me for not telling me that he and Jordan had started dating. What happened was out of our control, and we were brothers now, so we had to act like it. We all became best friends, and Bradford and I later got married. Bradford treated me better than any other person would have. Last I heard, Kendrick got married to a beautiful girl, and they traveled abroad. Sometimes, we try to control life but life always has its own plans for us. I couldn't believe my luck. I stood there in the middle of mopping the office floors, staring at the bulletin board. My name's Grant, and the company I worked for was holding a raffle for an all-expenses-paid trip to a super-exclusive private island in the Philippines. You won, Grant! You won! Everyone was clapping and cheering for me. Except... One. The office manager. She was livid. She strutted to me, took the mop from my hands, broke it on her knee, and kicked my mop bucket, spilling all the dirty mop water all over the place. How dare you disobey my orders? Didn't I tell you all to sign my name on your entries for the raffle? I had always wanted to travel, but I've always been too poor to do so never even been to another state. And now, I was going on my first ever trip on a plane. In first class! I was so glad I didn't give in to our manager's demands to write her name on the raffle ticket I got. Otherwise, she would have won that trip. 
and she would have rubbed it all in our faces. Sheila slapped me and glared at me. Now, do your job and clean up all this mess. But then, the CEO's office door opened. What's all this commotion? This dumb janitor spilled all the mop water everywhere. You should fire him, boss. He's useless. Uh, that's not true. She broke the janitor's mop and slapped him because she's mad she didn't win the raffle. That's right, boss. She made us all sign her name on our raffle tickets so she'd win. And now that she didn't, she's taking it out on Grant. She's been terrorizing us this whole time, boss. Sheila's face was one of unimaginable rage. Nobody had ever stood up to her like that before. But now, somehow the office was done with her being a total prick. Uh, that's not true, boss. I would never do something like that. Her lie was easily disproved when the CEO took the box where they put all the raffle entries and discovered that a lot of the names are just Sheila's. She begged the CEO not to fire her, and she didn't. Her CEO instead demoted her to being the janitor, and she promoted me as a clerk. I was so happy. Finally, my life was turning around. Everyone congratulated me on winning the trip, and they were all there to see me off at the airport. First class was even more luxurious than I had imagined. The pretty flight attendant brought me everything I wanted and even tucked me in to sleep with the warmest, most comfortable blanket I'd ever been under. Our flight stopped in Dubai, where I got to go shopping for free, courtesy of our company's black card. Our CEO gave me free reign to spend as much as I wanted as an apology for how Sheila treated me. I was scared to spend too much, but I bought my girlfriend a designer bag and a few souvenirs and gifts for my friends back at the office. When I finally landed at our destination island, I was blown away. I never thought how different my small hometown was compared to the rest of the world. There, the sky was so blue. And the water was all different shades of blue and turquoise. It was clearer and cleaner than the tap water I get at home. I got to go on tours and saw turtles and whale sharks and a million different colors of corals and fish. The hotel I was staying at treated me like royalty. I stayed at a suite that was right on the beach. And every morning, I would have breakfast on the sand while employees of the exclusive hotel fanned me with palm leaves, and served me in every way. Then, one day, I saw a yacht dock near my beach villa. I was so surprised at the people who came out of the hundred-foot super yacht. There were fifteen of them, all A-list celebrities, models, and billionaire businessmen. Leading them was Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, and their family. This happened before they broke up, so they were still all together. One of their friends was a supermodel I recognized. I've had the biggest crush on her ever since I was in high school, and I couldn't believe my luck when she passed by my table on the beach as I was having breakfast, and she smiled right at me. I couldn't help but blush. My waitress leaned in and told me that those guys often ate at the hotel because Brad had a private island close by. Oh, what I wouldn't have given to see that. 
although I was pretty shy, so I never even managed to approach them, even for a selfie. Little did I know, that very night, my wishes would come true. For when I got back to my villa after a scuba diving tour, I saw a girl crying in my bed. Uh, who, who are you? Are you supposed to be here? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was looking for refuge, and I snuck into the nearest room I could find. I'm so, so sorry. You left your door open, so... Oh, my God. Y you're... Adriana! She was crying, and her face was all red but I would recognize her face anywhere. Why? Yes. How did you know? Everyone knows your name where I come from. Are you kidding? That made her smile. Turned out, even A-list supermodels like her are just like us. They're just people with their own sets of problems and insecurities. Adriana was crying because her father was forcing her to marry one of the businessmen in Brad's party, and she didn't like him at all. She was prepared to do anything it took to not be around him, but her father said he would have her tied up and delivered to Roland if she didn't marry him willingly. So, she asked for my help. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was agreeing to, and I didn't know how dangerous that Roland guy was, because as soon as she heard that Adriana was staying in my room, he got me captured by his bodyguards. I was brought to a dark room with only one hanging lamp. He sat me down and gave me two choices. Leave Adriana alone. Never talk to her again. Ignore her. And I will reward you. I can talk to some people. I know the owner of this resort. Have you ever dreamed of living and working in a paradise island like this? Um... Yeah, I guess. But I can't just betray Adriana. We've become friends over the last few days. <laughs> friends? Oh, please. Adriana would never even talk to a bottom feeder like you. She's just using you. I heard you were a janitor back home. Wouldn't you want to be rich? I can talk to the owner of this resort. I can make you this resort's manager. Walter, give him the bag. The bodyguard slammed a duffel bag on the table. When I saw what was in it, my eyes couldn't hide my surprise. That's one hundred thousand dollars, in addition to your new position as resort manager. I suggest you take my offer. Because your second choice won't be as pretty. I know where you live, and I know your mom is sick. What would happen if I make you unable to work ever again? I took Roland's offer. Honestly, I was just so scared. And the money would be more than enough to get my mom the treatment she needed for her sickness. But as soon as I got back to my room to fetch Adriana... I felt a thud, and I was out cold. When I woke up, I was in a huge kitchen. There was a priest in front of me, and Adriana was smiling beside me. She was marrying me!
Oh, good. He's awake. Now let's continue. Grant, do you take Adriana to be your wife? My mind raced. I, I would love nothing else in the world, but... My mom. The money. Roland's threats. No, I, I can't. I... I'm s I'm sorry. Roland, he... Adriana began to cry, and then she ran away. The next day, Roland had already made me into the hotel manager. Roland even called my boss back home to tell her of my new job, and all my co-workers were so happy for me. I didn't know how hard a job it was going to be. I worked day in and day out, 17 hours a day. I was so exhausted all the time that one day... I just passed out. But when I woke up, I wasn't in my office. I woke up in a beach villa ten times more luxurious than the resort. And Adriana was in a corner, sipping tea. I know he got to you. What is it? Did he bribe you? Threaten you? I thought you said you'd help me. You did both. I'm sorry. Where are we? I looked out the window and saw the resort was nowhere to be found. I was in a completely different island. I had to take you away. Out of Roland's grasps. What offer did he make you? I told her my situation. My mom's sickness. I'll double what he gave you. And obviously you should keep the money he gave you. That way, you have three hundred grand. I'll send someone to fetch your mom and keep her safe. I have powerful friends too, you know. And if you marry me, Roland will not be able to touch us. That very night, Adriana brought the priest again. And that night, I said yes. We were married on a paradise island in the middle of nowhere under the stars. And it was perfect. But just then... Brad's yacht arrived. The celebrities ran down towards us. They were all worried about Adriana having been missing for many days. Did this man capture you? Someone, call the cops! Adriana just laughed. No, quite the opposite. I captured him. And now we're married! Roland came running down the yacht and grabbed Adriana's arm. How dare you defy me! Get your hands off my wife! Or what? Or... This! I took out my phone and started playing a recording of Roland's voice. Everyone heard his threats. His evil plans. What Roland didn't know is that I learned long ago to record everything every time I was in trouble. And when he captured me, I had everything on tape. Now, I had the power to topple his business empire if I wanted. And his friends have heard how trash he really was. Roland whimpered like a scared dog and ran. He was so embarrassed, he ran to one of the lifeboats and started paddling out of there with his bodyguards. The celebrities, Adriana and I, partied all night on that paradise island to celebrate our wedding. Who would have thought a janitor like me would end up married to a supermodel and having celebrity friends? I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. 
You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out. They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school. And because I begged and begged and promised mom and dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people. And most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo. And not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and comic cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. 
they would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. Pfft, why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance, and they acted like angels in front of mom and dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever, and in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako, and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer, too and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or... at least, I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday, I, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. Baby, Nora, sweetheart... Calm down. It's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now. You know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion. That's it. Uh, excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together. Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news. I'm the new queen in town. Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy. I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd. Then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I... 
had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because I took out a small velvet box from my pocket and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. Well, this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone, but as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanukkah was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do or how to keep going, but someone showed me kindness that night. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I, I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But if I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company, we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights, and then my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again, this time to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little. My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. 
My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there, to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children were telling me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I could deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. What do you want from us? B... L... O... O... D... Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder and suddenly it launched itself at me. To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. 
I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room, looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean what? What do you want? Hello, man. Oh my God, Tommy! <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own, hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed at the ambulance coming our way and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house, and we heard a woman's shrill cry. Oh, God! My son! My poor Liam! Oh, God! I want him back! I want him back! Please! We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them. Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? 
Why? What happened? Uh, the seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him then? Well, Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door to door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hon? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. A boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween, and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled, Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. 
I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bed sheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bed sheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bangs had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than our mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... 
Anyway, uh, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest, I think. Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh... It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you going to do then, huh? The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. <laughs> Looks good on you. I was going to say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away, but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun. My friend took me by the hand, and together we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me! Oh. Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one... Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds, until suddenly they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were going to open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so, come on! Don't you want to dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people. What's wrong? I think there is a child at the party. A child? <laughs> in the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. Uh, Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso. Uh, Emma! Uh, Billy, come here! My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I... I don't know. What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I, I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius! It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. Adam. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? 
What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand. So I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you! Is, it, is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police! The police? What for? Forget that! I need you! Let's go for my candy together! My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma, but that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 